La 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 Latoya. What what was her name? It's Latoya. Ha 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 What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Analog Girl Podcast. This is your podcast for your 30-somethings and your 40-somethings, and we are on a quest, y'all. We're on a quest to get our analog lives in this digital-driven world. I am so happy that you're back. I'm happy that I'm back. And guess what I'm celebrating this month all the way through to July? This is the one year anniversary of the Analog Girl Podcast. Tomorrow will come and girl, I can't wait. It's our anniversary. Anniversary. All right. I won't. I just thought I would give y'all a little something because I'm excited. It is my anniversary and I made it to one year, a one year of rocking and rolling and giving y'all consistent content with the Analog Girl podcast. I've been doing it and editing, you know, all by the grace of God. He has been teaching me and giving me knowledge. I haven't done this alone. So all the credit goes to him and I am super, super, super happy to be out here um, giving y'all and providing y'all with content that is helping everybody get over these humps with anxiety and depression and all this other stuff that we go through with mental health. So, you know, I always like to beg, have you, have you followed me on Instagram? H- have you followed me on, on uh, Facebook? Have you followed me on Twitter? If not, uh, the Instagram is the dot analog girl. Twitter is the underscore analog girl and Facebook. You can find me at, at no yeah Facebook. You can find me at analog girl podcast. Also, you can always sign up for my email list so that you're in the know for all things analog girl. When I do start to plug out all the things that I plan on plugging out and sending out to you guys. Um, in the near future. And that is at theanaloggirl.com. There should be a pop-up box where you can sign up for my email list there. So uh, without further ado, we'll just go right on in the check-in. I got a lot to talk about. Okay, so welcome to the anxiety check-in, y'all. First off, I hope your anxiety levels are low to non-existent. And if they aren't, you know, we like to do our quick breathing. So one, two, three, in through the nose. Hold it. Now breathe out through the mouth. And you know, on the exhale, we like to push out all that anxiety and all those negative feelings that you're feeling, those icky feelings you feel in your belly. You're pushing all of that out. So one more time in through the nose and then out through the mouth. One more time in through the nose, hold it and then breathe out through the mouth. Yeah, you know, I know it always makes me feel a lot better. After I do it with y'all, I it's like, and when we all do it together on one accord, it makes it even more dynamic. So anyway, it's anxiety check-in. And you know, I got a lot to tell you guys. Uh, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. I guess we haven't talked since Mother's Day. So what is that about? Almost three weeks, three, four weeks. I took a break before the anniversary because it's our anniversary. <laughs> so 
Um, let's see. What should I start first with? Um, so I'm on a new job, a new contract job. Uh, it is a six week contract that is very, very, very lucrative. Um, and I'm thanking God for that. And it's along the lines of what I love to do, which is project management and, uh, marketing and branding. So I'm very excited about that. I'm, I'm still learning more that I can, um, do in my personal business, um, which is great. So I see what God is doing there. I see what you're doing there, Lord. I am, I'm praying for knowledge and you're giving it to me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so I'm happy about that. Okay, so we've got good reports, and I'm so happy about the good reports. Another good report is is that I am seeing no signs of depersonalization. I'm seeing, let me repeat it for y'all, no signs of depersonalization in my life during my day. And um, I'm not really looking for it, but I'm just noticing day by day and thanking God every time. Uh, the thought arises that I am not seeing any signs of depersonalization um, anymore. And so I would say that um, I'm 100% recovered. I would say that I'm 100% recovered. Yeah. Yeah, I am 100% recovered. And I I, I don't feel it at all, um, honestly. And even when I'm helping people now, people are reaching out to me and, have, and you know asking about my experience with DP and DR. And um, how did I get through it? Before, when I was helping people, I might have felt a little triggered. I don't feel triggered anymore. Um, So I can just, uh, if y'all need help, just reach out to me um, and I will help you. I will forward you to the right materials and the right people that can help y'all recover just like I did. So yes, okay, pat on my back. I'm not feeling it no more. However, um, I now have replaced DP with, um, obsessive, uh, thoughts, but it doesn't give me the DP feeling. So now I'm working on obsessive thoughts that I have on, um, say my job or what my, my future holds as far as career, my love life. Um, I find myself obsessively thinking about my love life, which is, ugh, I can't stand it and I can't help it, but it just won't go away. It just will not go away. So, um, those are the things that I'm actually working on and people who have anxiety. Um, you know, once we, we have healed a one symptom, then we have to deal with another. It's, that's just the norm of it. And we're always going to be recovering and healing, relapsing, recovering and healing, um, in our journey with anxiety, because it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't leave, anxiety doesn't leave and we're always going to be anxious about things in life. It's just how we handle them and how, how we're going to handle our emotions. Right. So I've been learning more and more, um, how to handle my emotions and just take, and just shift my thoughts a lot more. And then just taking, taking the sting and taking the lies out of the thoughts. And saying, okay, that thought may have came and it's going to go. I don't believe that thought one minute and onward and upward, what's what's next? What you want to think about next, girl? What we thinking about next? That's really how I've been approaching um, my obsessive thoughts. I can't say that it is easy all the time. There is times 
uh, where I have just been like, you know what, I'm just going to have a glass of wine and go to sleep because I can't think no more. I mean, and we have those days and I just got to just, you know, roll with the punches and see what the Lord brings the next day. That's really all it is. Um, so that's my report on the depersonalization and the obsessive thoughts. Um, and then also what has helped me a lot with, um, uh, lowering my anxiety is listen, y'all ready for it? Wait, cause this one is a big one. This is a big one. Um, I've been 100% fuck boy free for months, like months y'all like 100% not near one fuck boy in my life. Like not one. And it's amazing. It's the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Um, and for those who are out there fucking with fuck boys, listen, I know it's hard. It's hard to shake it. It's hard to shake it. Cause I was caught up y'all. I was caught up in something I had no business being caught up in with someone who had not one care in the world about me. Um, he did a good job of making me think he did, but he absolutely did not give one flying fuck about me. <laughs> And I realized it. And honestly, I had been praying and praying and praying for God to release me from this, this, this tie, this soul tie, release me from this attachment, release me from this emotional pain, um, and this unhealthy attachment that I had to this particular person. And finally, God answered prayers a couple months ago. And um, it was hard coming out of it when I did, uh, but I did it. And let me tell you something, um, doors started opening for me. Uh, I just started to feel remarkably better, um, about myself and feeling better, um, just physically, which was interesting. Um, I cleaned and gutted my house. When I tell you I cleaned and gutted my house, like nobody's business, I, purged everything. I don't know if people, some people might follow me, but back around the, um, was it the holidays? I think it was the holidays around then sometime I had done the Marie Kondo, um, thing and like binged, watched her show. And then like got on this whole, well, I'm just going to Marie Kondo and empty out my whole um, house and get all these things in order. And I was doing it, but then it started, slowed down and the process was just like not complete, but baby, let me tell you, um, as soon as I let go of the fuck boy, all this motivation came in, all this motivation came. I was scrubbing and cleaning um, areas in my home. I ain't thought, I thought I would never be scrubbing and cleaning. Every nook and cranny in my house is clean. Every piece of something in my house has a place and it sits in its place nice and neat. And I'm keeping my house clean. I'm being consistent with it. Like it's just... I'm just feeling good, y'all. I've gotten better with meditating. I still fall off at times. So, um, you know, that's a little rough there. And that's another thing. If y'all are out there meditating, um, you always, you're going to fall off. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up though. Just get back on the bandwagon and, um, and start meditating again. It doesn't matter. It's okay. As long as you just get back up and do it again. So what else? Um, well in this season, um, of being fuckboy free and taking time for me and doing the work on me, I happened to to uh, fall into a wee little bit of a crush on somebody, and um, I got a crush, y'all. Like I got a legit crush. I think it's really cute, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I like him. I think he cute. I think he thinks I'm cute. I don't know, like, where it's going or what is going to happen. It don't matter um, because having a crush is just really cute to have. Um, but one thing about this particular crush that I'm having that's completely different from any other time that I've ever, like, shown interest in somebody is, one, I'm not playing no games. Um, two, if I want to speak to this person or do whatever I do, um, I think that in the beginning of me starting to like this person, I was letting my anxiety fuck with me and do things and kind of shifted certain things a little bit, but I don't, I mean, you know, I, I was able to like step back and look at the situation and be like, mm, girl, you doing too much. Sit your ass down. It's your thoughts. It ain't, it's a story you telling yourself. So calm down. But, um, I've thought, I've thought that, um, this person, I've always, I've admired this person for a while and I just think it's cute that I have a crush. So it's a healthy crush. Um, I don't think he's a fuck boy. Um, and little does the crush know he's actually been teaching your girl a lot about patience and in me having this crush, um, it's taught me a lot about patience and it's taught me a lot about my anxious thoughts and how I do have, um, these obsessive thoughts that, um, can't be healthy all the time. And it's just, it's made me aware, um, of how much more I still need to work on the obsessive thoughts, but I'm glad for the awareness. I'm glad for the awareness and I'm glad for the crush because maybe if it wasn't for the crush, I wouldn't know about the anxious thoughts. Like these kind of unhealthy, anxious thoughts that I'm having about him that I need to adjust. So anyway, that is my anxiety checking y'all. Um, it's not as heavy as it used to be. You see how God is good. I hope y'all are doing well. You know, hit me in my DMs or something to let me know about your anxiety, where you're at in the process. Are you recovering? What are you doing? Um, hit your girl up. Don't ever feel feel like you can't hit me up. Ask me questions. I always like to answer questions on the podcast. You know I do. If you guys send me emails or DMs, I answer them on the podcast. So hit your girl up. Um, and happy anniversary to the analog girl. Okay, y'all. So what you really came here for, what you really came to the analog girl podcast today for is because Tiffany the budgetista Alicia is in the motherfucking building, y'all. When I reached out to Tiff and I was like, hey, girl, the people who suffer with anxiety, depression, all kinds of mental illnesses, we be fucking up our credit. We be fucking up our finances. Um, and I personally can speak from experience that when I was going through the uh, depersonalization um, and I was making a lot of money. I would, um, thinking that this, if I spent my money on certain things, it would make me feel better. Your girl went and bought a car. You know, I could have been still saving my money. I, I, I went and bought a car. I was buying all these expensive things, um, just trying to escape what I was feeling. Um, and we go through these things, even people who suffer with um, being bipolar um, uh, or, uh, anxiety disorders or depression disorders. It's called compulsive buying or impulse buying. Um, no, it's impulse buying really. So, um, we do go through impulse buying and then afterwards, um, 
we have buyer's remorse, but our buyer's remorse is completely different from the average person. That buyer's remorse might send us into a tailspin of depression. And then the depression leads us to maybe we can't perform at, at, at work or what have you. And then the snowball effect. And then we lose money, uh, we lose jobs, and we just mess up everything financially. And Tiffany is here to talk with us today about how the connection of mental health and your finances and how both need to be in balance for us to be able to be um, overall healthy. So we can't be mentally healthy and not financial healthy, financially healthy or financially healthy and not mentally healthy. Like I don't think the two play um, without each other ever. So we're talking with Tiffany about that. I'm so happy that she decided to join me. Um, I met Tiffany at Sarah Jakes Roberts um, Woman Evolve Conference that my best friend allowed me to come with her with too. And I was so grateful to be able to go there. Sarah don't even know that she has brought um, helped me to be, be connected to such a wonderful, um, beautiful, smart, and just... Uh, she's a mogul, y'all. Like she's a mogul out here in these streets. Okay, she is like an award-winning teacher of financial education. Okay, and they called her. They dub her now America's favorite personal finance expert. You can also catch Tiffany a lot of the times on the Real or on her Instagram, The Budgetista, where she has so much more content um, that she talks about on her Instagram, which is amazing. And she also has an academy called the Live Richer Academy, which we'll talk more about in the interview. And I'll leave all of that information in the description box. But I'm going to stop rambling now because I just could keep talking about her all day, all day, all day long. Um, but let's just get into it. All right. Toya D, who was living a life of complete and utter trash, y'all, spending money frivolously on clothes, food, and bottles of wine that could be finished in one setting alone, ghosting Sally Mae and never paying a bill, y'all, going back and forth in relationships that were called situationships, a uh, what? Going from one dead-end job to another, struggling with racial and social anxieties in the workplace. Nature finally took its course. On March 1st, Toya D woke up in an apparent dream world to which she calls the urban matrix and was left to figure out the true meaning of life and human existence. Join the journey on the quest to live fabulously, shamelessly, bold, and fearless and confident with mental health in the anxiety zone. Welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. Welcome to the Analog Girl podcast. I'm so happy that you decided to join me. Thank you for having um, me. Because today. she is booked and busy <laughs> on The Real. And I just saw you were in a documentary last night. Yeah, that was awesome. With Prudential. So, they, they did one with TV One. Oh my gosh. So what was that about? I, was, I, I saw the post in passing. No, it, it's perfect for, for today. It was about financial wellness. Oh, okay. At your finance is not as just the singular thing about money, but really how does it affect your health and wellness overall? Mm. So it's perfect for today. Oh my gosh. So I definitely, how do I see it? Is it only um, in theaters? Well, well we're, I'm actually, they're going to debut. Well, they debut, they, that was like the, the debut in Newark, but they're also taking it to ABFF. The, I guess it's the actual, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In Miami. Yeah. So that's- Are you going? I am. Okay. I've never been before. That's, that's going to be amazing. And so, um, so then after that, I think they're going to, you know, let it be public. But for now, 
now there's no private place to watch it. Just okay. All right. Well, it sounds amazing. And I'm just so happy. I'm watching your journey. You're doing, and I'm just, every time I see it, I'm like, I'm so happy that Sarah Jakes don't even know me, but she like brought us together. Oh. And I just feel like, <laughs> yeah, right. That was pretty awesome. It was. And I just was like, every time I see it, I'm like, I'm so happy I know her. This is just so amazing. So do you want to talk us to a little bit, talk us through a little bit um, on who you are, what you do, how you got here? Yeah, sure. The budgetista (laughs) for everybody. Well, um, so for me, it really started at home. I grew up in a household. My dad was an accountant, but he also has two degrees, one in economics and one in finance. Mm-hmm. And my mother, and he had five girls, so my mom really took care of the day-to-day finances, like food shopping, how you going to get your hair done, where are we going to get these school clothes from? Mm-hmm. So between the two of them, they were both open and transparent about, you know, how money worked in our households. And so my dad in particular used to sit us down, actually, we would have money lessons, you know, like this is how you budget, this is how you save. And so I didn't think anything of it until really probably until I went to college and my college roommate was, she had debt collectors calling the room. Mm. And we thought in it was college? funny. Yes, we thought it was funny. Cause you know, you, you don't call my room. Cause we right. were kind of voices say hello. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. And then, but I didn't realize it was like serious business. I think I mentioned it to my dad in passing and he was like, wow, that's serious. You know, like, the, who does she owe? And I was like, you know, I never thought about that. So I asked her. She's like, oh, girl, my parents had opened up some credit cards in my name. Wow. Wow. So she didn't even, and I didn't either, because we were both like 17, 18. She didn't fully understand how they had put her at um, a deficit before she had even gotten a chance to live any life as an adult. Wow. Um, and so, but I mean, and to be fair, it wasn't because her parents were like buying TVs and stuff. They were struggling financially. Mm-hmm. And so they couldn't, they didn't have access to any funds for themselves because they had already messed up their credit and trying to keep the family together. Right. So they went to her. And then at the time, her 11 year old sister. After Wait yes, a minute, you can open credit in somebody. And now a- you can. They've made it like really strict. You won't even see credit card companies on college campuses anymore. Yeah. Cause they used Very to do strict. that. Yes. So, but you know, back then it was, it was still this borderline where you could do stuff like that. You know, wow. you could put something in a baby's name, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so that was kind of like the first time that I realized that everyone didn't grow up with financial education mm-hmm. and that, and that not doing so that there was not a stigma, but it was to their detriment. And I thought, wow. So I started helping her by just going home and saying, well, daddy, then such and such said this, what should she do now? And mm-hmm. I started becoming the go-between. And before I knew it, I started to really take on what he was sharing with me and I was able to just share it, you know, with the rest of the, of my, of my college dorm mates and suite mates and floor mates. Wow. And I became the go-to girl for, for money. Um, and so that's really kind of how it started. And I didn't think I was ever going to make a business out of it because it was just like, you know, you might be the go-to, like your skin is popping. Okay. Toy, <laughs> yes. So you people just might ask you, you know, about your skin, but it doesn't mean you start a skin company, you know? Right. Right. Um, right. But it wasn't until, cause I had gotten some internships in, um, in corporate America when I was um, in college and I hated all of them. I was like, oh, these people are dead inside. Not moi. <laughs> Not dead. Right? I was like, Mm-mm. I've always been, you know, I honestly, I wonder if like, it's like a gift and a curse as it relates to wellness that I have a very small bullshit cup. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I am unhappy, it, it doesn't take much and I can't take it. Some people can take a lot, you know, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll stick with it. They'll stick to it. For some reason, I cannot. It's like, I'm a big old crybaby. I cannot take much unhappiness before I'm like, I got to get out of here. So, yeah, I, I, you know, so, but it's a blessing because it means that you, you're not, because some folks, you know, who, 
you know, they've called it strong, but it's not strong to be able to take too much. Yeah. And, and you're and not for, supposed to. That's not what we hear. You're not. Exactly. <laughs> so I used to just think I was super sensitive, but mm-hmm. now I just realized that like, no, it just doesn't harmonize well with me. So I had these internships and I was like, oh my God, everybody literally here is the walking dead. They, they hate it. They hate their lives. They're miserable. And I remember thinking like, why would I subject myself to this? Right. Why are you here? And so when it came time for graduation, they offered me a job paying good money. I think it was like $55,000 a year, which is good money now. And so it was even better money back then. Mm-hmm. And it was between that and then I had done, like I, I used to help my, my girlfriend out in her classroom. She taught um, preschool and I loved it. And so I interviewed um, with, with um, that classroom and they said, you know, that the most they could pay me is 35000 so oh, okay. You know, I was like, mm, 55000 35000 55, 35. I chose 35 and happiness because the babies were everything. Man, That's right. I love you. And I That's loved right. it. When I tell you I flourished, I mean, all my friends were dragging, not me. I was like, and then Jaheem said, hey, can you believe Corey? That girl is a mess. <laughs> and, and because one, when you, especially when you teach little ones, you get your love right away. It's not like high school students. You got to wait the whole year before they realize that you care about them. With little ones, you get your love instantly. And yeah. so it was like 24 seven, love, 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 love. And I really flourished. And I thought this is where I'm going to stay forever. I, I went on to get my master's in education. Cause I thought maybe I'll be a principal, but realized, no, I really like being in the classroom. And I thought I'd stay there. Then the recession came and my school closed because it was a nonprofit based school and they lost their funding. And that's was like, kind of like the first time that I wasn't financially perfect because okay. by age 25, I had saved $40,000 on that $35,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I got a condo. I had 802 credit score. I had done everything my dad told me to do. And then by, I would say like 28, 29, I started making my own decisions and I messed up everything. I, I got myself in $35,000 worth of credit card debt um, due to a scam. A friend of mm-hmm. mine told me, pull money off your credit card. We can invest it. He promptly ran away with it. Wow. What? I was hot. Then I, then I had my master's. I had $50,000 worth of student loan debt mm-hmm. for that. And then my condo was two twenty, so nearly $300,000 worth of debt. And then all of a sudden, you lose your job. Oh, and Jesus. I know. It was. And then I fell into It sounds like me right now. Yes. And I fell into a, a depression, honestly. I didn't even recognize that's what it was until I was out of it. Okay. Like, I wasn't washing up. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't washing dishes. I wasn't getting out of bed. Everything was dark in the house. I didn't. Like for two years, I like communicated barely with anyone. Wow. And so, like I said, I didn't, I didn't recognize, I can recognize now, like, okay, I was in the state of depression, but at mm-hmm. the time, because I had broken up with my boyfriend of six years at the time, and we thought we were going to get married. Wow. Every, it was like a loss of everything across the board. My identity as a teacher, my man, my money, everything mm-hmm. across the mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were 28 at this age? At this yeah, time? I was 28, um, 20, between 28 and like 30, this was kind of like happening. I think it, the, it really kind of reached the peak of loss at age 30. Wow. And I was like, wow, because 30 is really like, you know, this like this number you give yourself like, oh, dirty, flirty, 30. <laughs> I wasn't grown. I had to move back home in my parents' house and sleep in my middle school bed, which was an extra schmedium. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like so ashamed, you know, yeah. like, how did I get here? The yeah. heck I, did, I had the, I had the black girl check the good girl the checklist, right? Every little black girl, if you're a good girl, you go to school, check, get a right. good girl, check, tie, check, you know, look out <laughs> your parents, check. You know, I did all yeah. those things and I'm like, yep. how am I here? Yeah, It's not yep. supposed to be like this. And so I, it took me forever to kind of get over myself and say, well, we're here now. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So for two years, I really didn't do anything. I just kind of like laid around until like my best friend, Linda, cause we all need like, 
someone to come shake you. Linda, Linda, yes, we all had that wonderful weekend with Sarah Jakes. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So Linda is like just a ray of sunshine, and and. And just openness. She's that one that you could be like, Linda, I killed somebody. She's gonna be like, Well, I'm sure you didn't mean it, but <laughs> like so. But that person probably be- needed to die. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that friend that you like? You could do anything. Linda's like, Okay, well, it's probably not the best decision, but it's not the worst. It's not the worst. You're like, but I killed somebody. Right. She's like, that person probably did need to die, so we're not even gonna, you know. Not right. We're not gonna accept that. We're not gonna. No. And so, um, so Linda, I told her like, um. I had been avoiding everyone and she called me one day. Like she had been calling, but I'd not been picking up. And one day I did. And she was like, What is going on with you, girl? We haven't seen you. We haven't heard from you. Mm-hmm. Like, Everything's fine. Everything's not fine. And I heard the whole, <laughs> the whole all, thing. Yeah, Mike broke up. I lost all my money. I don't have this. I don't have that. And then she started laughing, like, Girl, is that it? I was like, <laughs> She said, Girl, we all broke. You want to a little bit of something. <laughs> like, Welcome to the rest of us. And right. That made me realize that, like, one, I was not alone, and mm-hmm. she gave me the permission that I needed to forgive myself. Yeah. I, I, I had associated making financial mistakes with some sort of character flaw. Yes. As if, like, you make mistakes, you are bad. Right. And Linda was like, who said? Literally, Tiffany, join the club. We have all made mistakes. Does that mean I'm bad? We're all bad? Mm-hmm. You know? And um, so, like I said, I, 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 it was that day that I started to forgive myself. And once I let go of the shame, I was able to um, see the solutions that had already been there, that I knew already. I had learned from my own household. So yeah. once the shame was gone, shame clouds your vision and your judgment. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And shame will talk you on right, what? Talk you right off the ledge. It off the ledge. Right off the ledge. Right? And, and so, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and that's just how it is. Even when you're out with food, with money, yes. with mental health, anything, yeah, shame will just shame is the literally the devil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is so hard to get um, past it. But like I said, Linda was like the angel that I needed in that moment mm-hmm. to see myself and to say, Tiffany, here, here you are. Look at yourself. You're not bad. You're not terrible. You're not. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Mistakes are going to like. How is it possible to do everything right? It's not. Right. You know, somehow you've avoided most of these financial mistakes, but that was honestly, girl, that was a fluke. Yeah. Like literally every other person, this is what they lived through. Mm-hmm. And so once, like I said, once I was able to let go of the shame, then I was able to see the solution mm-hmm. and put one foot in front of the other. And something that helped tremendously too was as I was helping myself, I started helping others. That was some, one of the biggest shame removers for me. And whenever I'm feeling in a funk or I'm like, I feel myself kind of dipping, you know, I ask myself, when's the last time you did something for somebody just because? Mm. And I will instantly, I didn't, it could be like, you know, get a pair of sneakers for the little, kid, for the little girl down the block. It, it doesn't have to be anything in particular. It could be check up on the old lady across the street, make sure she ate. Just something that's like completely has nothing to do with me at all, just something kind for someone else. Yeah. And so um, I, I, you know, I started as I was like figuring things out for myself, I, I, I knew how to budget, I knew how to save, I did that, those things already. I started helping other, my friends and their friends and their friends. And then I realized um, my best, my other best friend, Drina said, you should turn this into a business. And I was like, girl, I, you know, I don't know how to do that. I mean, even I had gone to school for business, I had not applied anything in so long, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I started to, I started charging people one-on-one and I realized I didn't like that business model because then nobody had no money. 
And that's so funny because you know, people uh, have been telling me, because I get a lot of messages, a lot on people asking me how to start a podcast. How did you do it? How did you do it? And so I was saying that I was going to like do these consultation, uh, I guess, one-on-one things. Yeah, not a good move because <laughs> they be wanting all that information and not want to pay for it. Yes. And so it doesn't mean that you can't, you, like I had to figure out, it took me a long time to figure out how to monetize, but what I, what I realized is that the one-on-ones, it didn't sit right with my soul because typically I'm coming to your house. You're already halfway in tears because <laughs> you're like, hey, girl, because then usually I give you a little bit of homework ahead of time. You know, did the homework. The homework right. says you're broke. You right. Know, right. The homework confirms you're broke. <laughs> you're like, come on, man. And you're like, right. Oh, right. The kids are screaming in the back, shut up. You got yeah. company, you know, and then yeah. so I'm sitting down. We're doing your budget, and it says negative 300. Meanwhile, I'm over here to charge you $50, 50, $50 $50. And I'm like, by the time we're done, I look at the kids, I look at you, and I'm like, girl, go ahead. No, take me 50 <laughs> I want you to take your to eat, ma'am. I'm not going to do that. I want to go to heaven. Okay. Right. Like, you do, not, you do so, not need to be paying for this right oh, now. And so I realized, like, okay, that's not going to work because I'm never going to charge someone when I see that they don't have it. Even though people will tell you, oh, they'll buy Nikes and Jordans. Let them pay you. And I'm like, yeah, that's cute but it's just not a fit for my soul yeah and so mm-hmm. i realized i'm like i wanted to help i wanted to help folks especially folks that normally could not afford help but who do i get to pay and so i realized that there's sometimes you have two clients the person that you're actually serving and the person that's paying mm-hmm. and so I, I i partnered with the united way who wanted to have financial literacy in the in the community and wanted to give it away for free okay so the united way paid me and i was able to say free class free class free class which was like the best scenario that is a wonderful I don't mind charging the company like oh you got sex you know <laughs> yes that's a wonderful model right it there it was oh my goodness and so really then the budget needs to start growing from there social media came out and the budget needs to start really growing from there but it's really something that i i wanted to grow a business where i i call it do good right so i wanted to i wanted to help good people i wanted to do good work and i wanted to make good money how do you do all three and and i'm fortunate in that i've been able to figure out how i'm able to do so where I can run a company with integrity, integrity, with love, with kindness. You know, we serve and yet we still multi seven figures a year. That is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful because a lot of the times um, I feel like when you're building a business model, you do. That's one of the painful parts is like, so how do I give at the same time? But how do I like build this? Yep how do I pay my bills and stay alive? (laughs) You know, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. So I really commend you on that. That is wonderful. Thank you. So what is, what do you think the links are since we're talking about mental health and financial health? Mm -hmm. What do you think, what are some of the links you believe are for um, money and mental health? Because they're often linked Mm -hmm. um, to each other and like poor mental health can make you manage money poorly. And then people might have, great like you described had great credit and all this kind of stuff and then something happens some kind of tumultuous event and then your mental health declines because Mm -hmm. of that so can you talk to me about that and what your thoughts are on that and the links and the comparisons no for sure i think Mm -hmm. that financial health is is directly linked to your overall wellness and and mental health in particular because (laughs) here's the thing we 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 live in a time and and for most of us i mean i'm sure there's some indigenous cultures where they don't rely on money but i would say the vast majority of us rely on money so it's it's inescapable mm-hmm. it's like air and water so there's some things you don't have to participate in in life as an adult but money is not one of them mm-hmm. because if you, if you don't have enough to support yourself 
like, you know, to support yourself, your family, that is going to take a toll on you emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's scary when you're like, so how am I going to eat? That is trauma. Where am I going to live? That is trauma. This is trauma. That's why so many of us say, so many of us that grew up poor, if you grew up in the projects, you you have a traumatic background. You have experienced trauma in your childhood, right? Mm -hmm. So many black folks, because this is how we grew up, without. I can Mm -hmm. remember government cheeses cutting off the corner when it got got hard Mm -hmm. and waiting in line with my mother because, you know, when it came to WIC or whatever they called it back then, you had to show that you had kids. Yeah. In order to like, you know, and so these things are trauma, like not knowing, like hearing your parents talk about how we're going to pay rent and you understand that rent means where we live and what we're going to do. Right. You know? And right. so, you know, you grow up with these things and you manage these emotions, you think, but these are traumatic experiences. Trauma is not just getting beat up or yelled at all the time. Sometimes it's just the way we grow up. When I taught, I taught um, in a preschool in Newark, New Jersey, and those kids, because of the socioeconomic kind of like environment they grew up in where it was one where there wasn't much money. Mm-hmm. These kids saw so much. I mean, I, I saw kids grow up and then hit the block later because they're like, I got to help my mother. Mm-hmm. I got to help my mother, you know, feed us. Mm-hmm. Or like these kids would just see so many things in their neighborhood that they ought not to that, you know, and so those things you hold with you. And, and sometimes it's something like, like I said, losing my job and losing everything at the same time. And so you might not think it's playing a role until you see how it plays out. I'm still working through the trauma of losing everything during the recession. Because I lost everything, I spent nothing. You should see me. Yeah, it's like PTSD. Yep, it is. I call yeah. it broke PTSD. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, I just want to spend nothing. It's to the point where like my financial advisor is like, why do you have so much money in your bank account, Tiffany? Where is he? It's not. <laughs> you don't want to spend it. Because I'm like, just in case if the recession come again, though, I got him a story. She's like, Tiffany, you are like, spend the damn dollars, yo. Like, buy a house, girl, Go on a vacation. It's okay. You should see me. I'd be like, two (laughs) dollars. You know who's like that, too? Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would always bring her lunch to work. Like, she don't be on that. She don't be spending frivolously. But that's also because of trauma. Because let's be real. Because here's the thing. Oprah has it. If Mm -hmm. Oprah, because you know that it's unreasonable if if the thing itself is not going to, in any reasonable person's mind, is not going to cause the catastrophe that you think. If Oprah were to buy breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, that is not going to lower her $2.5 billion fortune. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So her bringing to her money, to her, I mean, there's nothing wrong with her bringing lunch to work, but if she's bringing lunch to work to pre- prevent me losing my $2.5 billion, then that's, that's not matching up. Yeah. yeah, that's trauma. trauma. That's because, you know, now if like, let's just say like, you know, like I'm making, you know, $50,000 a year and I'm like, I'm bringing my breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, like I'm not buying it because I want to say that, that there's a comparison there that you're like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. When you start mm-hmm. doing things that don't make sense, you know, but you're, 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 but you're doing them anyway, even though you kind of know it doesn't make sense. Like, sis, it's $2 really going to be the reason why you're not going to go out with your, your girlfriend mm-hmm. because she said the brunch is going to be 25 and it's really 27. Mm-hmm. So you're going to stay home. Is that $2 really going to ruin your seven figure net worth? No, because right. you're operating, operating from a place of fear, mm-hmm. lack and trauma. And so I think that um, you have to address it. Once you one, you have to recognize that that is so, that that's what's happening. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and two, like I'm actively seeking help. I, I hired a financial planner to help me look at things objectively because I know that I'm not currently able. I am right. still working from that place of you're not going to catch me unawares again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so I need someone to say, to look at the numbers as the numbers and say, that's not true, Tiffany. If we right. put this here, this here, this here, it actually makes you even more solid. So, because it's, what I'm doing is creating a self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. which is, um, I'm saying that I have less. And so because I'm not investing like I do, I actually do have less now. Wow. You know, that if I were to put this money in these other places that were still safe and grow, and will actually grow it, I would have the security that I seek. Mm-hmm. And so, but you have to know that about yourself and then you have to seek help and then you have to follow through with it. And so, yeah, so it's, it's not a small thing because like I said, you can't get away from, from finances. You can't get away from money. Yeah. It's not something that you could just be like, I'm not going to think about it. You have to. You're an adult. You have to eat. You have to sleep somewhere. You have to clothe yeah. yourself. You have to take care of your family. Yeah. And so, like, um, yeah, so I, I, whenever I meet with someone, I don't do one-on-ones anymore unless, unless it's like a friend of mine. But whenever I talk to someone about their money, I don't even start with, like, you know, like, what's your budget? Mm-mm. I always tell, I always say the same thing. Tell me your story. Yeah. Yeah, because I, that's really what it is. Yeah, it's the story. Yeah, it's just it there's, there's always a story yep. behind how what our money looks like. Mm-hmm. So, um, segueing into that, um, with my experience, mm-hmm. and I and I think because this is what I wanted to speak to, because I think this happens a lot, and people don't um, acknowledge it or realize that it's happening when you're going through your episodic moments. Mm-hmm. Like I was really, um, I was really, really down and out. Like starting last year. April, last year, last year, March. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't really fully recover um, uh, physically from these symptoms Mm -hmm. until about, um, uh, let's say maybe about Christmas time. So it ran almost a year. Mm. Um, and I still have ups and downs with recovery and feeling the disassociation and the anxiety, but my, like physically my anxiety levels are gone, um, are low, I should say. But during that time, um, I was working and I was making very good money. Mm-hmm. And so I had rebuilt my credit, like went from, and I think I am, I, I think that I'm very, I, I'm very smart when it comes to credit and knowing how to rebuild it for some mm-hmm. reason, because I rebuilt it twice already. Well, and now I'm going to have to do it again. But um, during that time I was, my credit was like, I was soaring, almost mm-hmm. headed to them 800s yeah. and like rebuilding. And then <laughs> I started to do compulsive buying because I was feeling certain weird ways. Like I'm like, well, let me go buy some sneakers. Maybe the sneakers will make me feel good. And I ended up buying a car. I didn't really, I mean, now I, I, I do need the car to get around, but I don't know. I didn't really, really need the car. I bought the car. Um, I was, uh, I, I spent money on going on trips, just trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And um, then I lost my job. Okay. That in, in August. So all the credit cards that I had and everything that I had built, gone, mm-hmm. gone. And I just know that there's other people out there that are struggling and don't realize yeah. that when you're going through these episodes that you might want to, yeah. you, know you know what I'm saying? Like, don't spend no money, mm-hmm. put your credit cards away or, you know, figure out some tactics to avoid that. And um, so I'm just wondering, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Have you had experience of knowing people who have done that? Like compulsive, mm-hmm. buy, compulsive buying, mm-hmm. um, emotional spending and um, how does someone deal with that? 
No, for sure. I think a lot of us do that, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's comp- compulsion in general, it could be, for me, it wasn't buying, but it was, I, I used to sleep all the time. That's how I know now if I'm like slipping a little bit because I'm like, yo, this is like your third nap today. What's wrong? Wow. You know? So any compulsion, um, is, especially when it comes to um, spending, it's almost like you have to switch one thing out with another, mm-hmm. you know, and ask mm-hmm. yourself like, okay, this thing is happening. This is not behavior that I want to continue what can I put in its place that kind of gives me the feeling that I'm, I'm looking for? Is it like, you know, I know a friend of mine, she had gone through a divorce and same thing. She was compulsive shopping and buying. She's like, yo, I'm going to go broke and I have to raise my daughter. Mm-hmm. So she started working out. Oh, okay. Yes. And so, so much so now, her name is Kiana. She's got this whole huge brand, Key to Health, banging body. She, 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 she don't quit her job. Teach women how to work out, take care of themselves. She's really spiritual. So when you work out with her, she's not just talking to you about your body, but your mind, soul, and spirit. But do you see how she took that, that feeling? Because it doesn't just go away. Yes. That and said, like, with something exactly, else. Or something else that was healthier behavior. Until hmm. that need to fill that, that void kind of like lessened. But at least in that time, it was like, what is a healthier behavior? You know, is it, is it working out? Is it volunteering? Mm-hmm. Um, is it reading? Is it, you know, is it riding my bike? You know, so for me, I try to be like a little bit more physical. I'm like, okay, you sleeping all the time. You know what, Tiffany, you like to read. Let's just get a whole bunch of books. I don't care if it's romance <laughs> novels. I don't care if it's Harry Potter. All the way. Yeah. Something to substitute this sleeping because like eventually you will lift from this space because of my, I, I would say the depression I fell into was not clinical, meaning it, it wasn't hormonal. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a situational. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, cause there's some people, there isn't, I don't care how much sunshine, if you have a, a chemical imbalance, you have a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. and it has to be corrected in some other sort of way. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was, I was sad, basically a deep sadness, but sadness nonetheless. And mm-hmm. so in that meantime of waiting for that sadness to lift, um, I, I, I had to figure out behaviors I could substitute. So that's something that I suggest and not going it alone, letting at least one person in, you know, who is your Linda? Mm-hmm. You know, who is that person that's not going to judge you? That is kind, that is welcoming. You know, you might say, I don't know anybody like that. You know, well, do you belong to any organizations? Do you belong to, you know, Facebook groups? Sometimes there's a Linda in there, you know, yeah. sometimes it's the whole group itself. Like I know, I've got a Facebook group. It's like 400,000 women. And it's, um, it's, um, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Lindas in there who yeah. look at each other, you know, mm-hmm. so, like, you know, just finding someone that you can kind of like, like lean against and, 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 and they give you that reassurance. So substitution and, and, and finding someone that you can kind of like woosa and be yourself with and not have to worry about any sort of judgment. That's what I'm Right. Was, and yeah. put them credit cards away. Mm-hmm. It's hard sometimes, <laughs> you know? Put the credit cards away and like just don't go compulsive mm-hmm. buying. Or tell yourself like you do baby steps. Like I just joined Weight Watchers, right? Uh-huh. I was like, child, this. What are you doing, with sis? I was like, I had gained like twenty five pounds to get married. I was like, hey, stop. <laughs> you know, black men, they're like, yes, I'm like, yes, fat back, and I was like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Uh-uh. So I was like, we about to be the same weight in a minute. And you six. <laughs> Right. And, and so, but I had to take a baby step, right? So in the beginning, I was like, okay, how about this, Tiffany? We're just going to cut out soda. No soda. And so just juice and water. Mm-hmm. If I just said, okay, I'm just changing my whole diet. It would be very hard to stick to. But I said one thing, 
one thing, just cutting out soda. So your one thing might be, you know what? I'm going to transfer $5 every, uh, every pay period for my paycheck. That, mm-hmm. That's it, you know? And then the second thing I said, okay, no juice, just water. And then it was like, you know what? You don't really need red meat like that, Tiffany. And then you know what? You don't. And before I knew it, I had normalized. Once you normalize that one thing, you could add something new on. So yeah. you might say, I'm going to separate my spending money from my bill money by having two separate checking accounts. Mm-hmm. That's something. So that means I'm going to transfer my bill money to my, my bills account every pay period. And then the next thing you do is you're going to automate your bill payments from your bills account. Say, hey, bills account, pay my rent on the first, pay my cell phone bill on the third. Have that automated. And then you're like, I'm going to open up an online-only savings account because I know they give higher interest rates because they don't have the overhead of a regular bank. Right. And I'm not going to open up a checking account at that bank. That way I don't spend my money. In order for me to spend my money at my online-only savings account, I have to transfer it back to my regular checking at my regular bank. That's a 24-hour wait. Right. So you're not, get, you're not going up to char- Target spending That's all your money. Crazy. Yeah? Because you're like, dang, I got to wait for that transfer. You know, maybe it's tonight, I'm going to cut up my credit cards. What small thing can you do now mm-hmm. that's actionable? And then you normalize it. So the, the key is not to overwhelm yourself with too much newness. Yeah. You normalize it. It might just be, I'm just cutting up this one credit card. Okay, then the second one. Okay, then the bills account. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. So you might do one thing and it might, that's it for the month. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I learned. That like, okay, so once I cut out the juice and the soda and just did the water, I did water for like a month. Because I had to, it had to become normal to me, like brushing my teeth. Yep, yep. You know? And then I was like, okay, you know what? Let me try. Like, I'm like, I already can't eat dairy, so that's not hard. I said, maybe I should try going vegan. Because I had already started eating red meat a long time ago. I don't eat pork. And so I was like, okay, really, for me, it was cutting out chicken. I was like, okay, I could do that. So I just had fish at first. And then I cut out the, the fish, too, after another month. And before I knew it, I lost, like, five pounds. And I said, okay. So I felt myself. But it was after, this was months and months of taking one thing, one right. step. One step. And before I knew it, I had gotten to a space where I was ready now to take a bigger step. And then I joined Weight Watchers. Okay. Right. And so now it doesn't happen overnight. Exactly. So you might say, you know, your Weight Watchers or whatever might be, okay, now I'm ready to see a, a certified financial planner. Mm. Now I'm ready for some like structured help because I've done these small things on my, on my own. I have these, these smaller successes that I've collected. I've normalized in my life. I'm now ready to take a bigger step. And because I know I can make that step stick because the smaller steps are, are already sticking. Yeah. So that's really what I, um, I suggest to people is what is the next best step? Small, there's a, a, an African saying, it says, many drops of water does a mighty river make. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you want this roaring river of change, but it's just little drops of water. Yeah. You have to add up to that. And so, you know, doing that is going to make all the difference. Yeah. So, um, once somebody has like come out of their arc is recovering and coming mm-hmm. out of their mental fog yeah. and realizing like, oh, damn, I done made a, I done made mm-hmm. a hot ass mess of my life. And that's pretty much me. <laughs> There's a lot of people out here who, you know, you just come out of that mental space and you're like, fuck, I just really tore my life up. I tore mm-hmm. myself up really you know, financially. Um, and after going through all of that and seeing and, and starting to work again and getting back in the, in the game, um, someone like me who I'm like, okay, well, I need to save and I need to do this. I'm, I'm in the church. Mm-hmm. Tithing is a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm reading, you know, bring all the meat into the storehouse mm-hmm. and, you know, test me. And this is the only time that God is saying to test him and that he will, um, you know, you know, uh, increase your, your territory and all mm-hmm. that. Um, 
do you think that that is a responsible thing to do um, when you're rebuilding, when you're coming out of this thing? And because is it or is it an emotional thing um, and might not be the best move? I said it's a personal thing. I still tie during my worst and brokest time. I'm not going to lie. I still tied. You did. Yeah, I still tied. Mm-hmm. And um, but I'm not saying that. Here's the thing. I believe that, you know, intention is everything, especially with God. Right. So mm-hmm. if let's just say you can't, you don't have anyone to decide, then tithe your time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That to me, I think to me, a tithing is, is, is one of the things I learned when I, so one of, I had like a, an amazing pastor when I was like a, a kid. And I remember him saying that with tithing, what you are saying to God is I trust you because I am, I am, I am giving out of a space of excess. Mm-hmm. Because if you're tithing, what you are saying is I have so much so that I can now set aside and give to someone else to give to others. And so what you're saying really is that you are affirming God got me. Right. I got excess. Here's some back, boo. Right. And so, so that's why I didn't want to let go of that trust and that faith of, I, you know, it might not seem like I have, but I do. Because mm-hmm. look, and yet somehow there's $10 to give because that means I got 100 Here's mm-hmm. 20. That means I got two. Here's a hundred. That means I have a thousand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, you know that every blessing is not just yours to keep. I, I am a firm believer in that. Then you are not just blessed for you. You are blessed to enjoy some and set some aside to save. Yeah. You are great beauty. Enjoy your beauty. Then use it to help other people. You're super smart. Enjoy your intelligence and use it for you and your family, then use it to help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the best skin in the world. Well, enjoy your skin. But then how <laughs> can you help that sister that's struggling? Like, literally every blessing that you have is meant for you to enjoy. There is excess in every blessing. It is mm-hmm. meant for you to enjoy and for you to share some of it. And in doing so, you prove yourself to be a good steward of your blessing. And then you, you grow. And so even if you don't believe in God, there is just, the, there is just the law of, of abundance, right. Attraction. Mm-hmm. There are universal scientific laws that are in play, you yeah. know? So yeah. you have to think that, so like, here's look, like, just look at a tree. So forget it. Let's just say like, Oh, I don't really believe in God. Okay. That's fine. Just no judgment on that, but look at what trees do. Right. So you see this, this, um, acorn, this oak tree, and it has all these acorns, right? So mm-hmm. this tree is creating excess, drops some, and from the acorns that it drops, then grows other trees, mm-hmm. right? They're giving off excess. They know there is more than enough for whatever that tree needs acorns for, that they are able to plant. And in so planting, there is, there is excess and abundance from that, that mm-hmm. you have to set aside something to plant always, mm-hmm. or you will only ever have what you currently have. If you don't plant, if you don't, you can't reap what you don't, what you don't sow. And right. So, so yeah. it's not a compulsive thing because somebody told me, and you know, a lot of people think that it's, oh, that's compulsive. Oh, you're giving your money away to church. It's so stupid. Da, 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 da. You know, you're in debt and you're giving, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was just wondering from a financial perspective or a financial advisor's perspective, um, does it seem compulsive? Um, to do that? Cause now, there if, are, if, of- there, I'm sure there are people who are giving away everything. Now I've seen that. Uh-huh. Right. It's one thing to set aside. It's another thing to give everything to the church or everything just away. Anyway, God does not require that of you. Or if you have like, say your rent is $1,200 and you're, they like, Oh, but you got to tithe on that 10%. 
is that's a personal choice at that yes. point. And also too, you have to ask yourself, like, you know, like I, you know, you could tie from, I mean, well, I'm not a pastor. So let me not let I, the way I interpret it is, is that like, if, you know, sometimes I, I sometimes I tied my time. Like I said, sometimes I tied um, uh, money and income and um, I, I didn't put myself in financial harm's way, but like, I mean, I didn't have much of, let's just say you're making a hundred and you know, and, and you're like, I really don't have the $10 to, you know, to give, well, then what are some things you can do? Right. I feel like instead of asking, you know, because I feel like people, people think of tithing as like the sense of sacrifice. And it really, it's, it's God likes a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be joy in service and giving. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, you know, I may not, I may not tithe my finances, but every Saturday I'm down at the homeless shelter helping out people. And the, well, since you think God's turning his nose up at that, you right. know, so I just feel like at the end of the day, you have to decide for yourself. It's, I mean, I, I know, you know, anybody who's like a pastor or like, or a preacher. They be like, give us everything. We want it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so like, <laughs> and so you have to decide too, because sometimes I, I might not even tie directly to church. Sometimes I would tie to organizations Yeah. where I'm yeah. like, you know, like, let's just say I volunteered and I've done this. I volunteered for a young woman's shelter for pregnant young, young teens that had been kicked out. Mm-hmm. and they needed diapers and bottles and this and that. And I was like, okay, for the next six months, this is where I'm sending my money. Cause I was volunteering there and I saw the necessity here. I don't know that God is saying no girl to the church, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like looking like, well, he asked us to take care of our people. Aren't these, no, I, this is who I want to get to. So mm-hmm. one time a, a girl, as I, which is so crazy to me, I think she was typing, but she, she, because I, she saw the work that I was doing. And, and it's just funny how God works because, but I was struggling. I was not making anything, but I was trying so hard to help women, especially black women with their finances, mm-hmm. um, budgeting and saving and, and stuff like that. So she was like, I don't know. I got a message, Tiffany, that said that I'm supposed to give you um, money every, every six, for six months, the next six months. I was like, wait, what? It wow. was so crazy to me. And I was like, just, I can't take your money. She's like, no, the message was clear. And I was like, but I needed it so bad. And it was, when I say just enough, it closed the gap perfectly for those six months. And I got on my feet. I was like, oh my, but do you see how that works? Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is where, and that's, and you were tithing continuously and giving your time and your money. Yes. Both. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, I know, here you go. And I think it was maybe like three or $400 a month, girl. It was everything. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when I got on my feet, then I remember there was a, a woman, I did that for her. I said, something said for me to, for me to give you this money every month for the next six months. And I did it. She was like, she denied it at first. And then later she told me, you know what? That was everything. I needed it so bad. You had no idea because her, she had a nonprofit where she was servicing women that had been like, um, abused and oppressed and, and, mm-hmm. and, and mistreated. So if I, it's because it wasn't really about her and that's what Giselle told me. And it was such a great lesson. She said, Tiffany, it's not about you. No. Why you thinking like, I don't, you give me much. She's like, no, clearly God is saying, continue the work. I don't want you to worry. Yeah. Like if you stop now, Keisha, Pam, Tisha, they're not going to. All be- those people. Yeah. So it's, and sometimes it's like getting outside of your own head. Like everything's not about you. This is thing is not about you. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's so you can sustain. You are just, just the vehicle girl. I could drive any car. I have chosen to drive you mm-hmm. to get from point A to point B. I need mm-hmm. these people help. You're currently in the car. Let's go for a ride. This is the <laughs> gas for the car, girl. You even, if it's not you, you don't want to accept it, girl. I will give this money to somebody else. That's right. Who is right. obedient to the message, you know? That's right. So I just learned to like, I mean, like whatever that is, whatever that inner voice is, whether you call it God or the universe or whatever it is that you call it, 
We are all here to serve a purpose. And however you, your money should be in alignment with your life. That's, that's the only thing that, I, that I, I request of people, that I'm not here to judge what you do with your money, but it should be in alignment with your life. Do so you what recognize, do you, go ahead. Do you, go ahead. Do you recognize? I was going to say, like, when you pull up your, your bank account, your, your bank statement or your credit card statement, do you recognize that person? Right. Or do you want to be that person that you're exactly. looking at? Like, oh <laughs> Who got an obsession with Starbucks? Not me. Yes, you. I got an obsession with Uber Eats that I need God to deliver me from. <laughs> oh God. Um, so what are your like what do you think are like some three or I guess maybe two or three key things uh for people who are like 39, mm-hmm. almost 40? Me? Uh, That's me. Uh huh. Our credit ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm still temping and picking up contracts here and there, but I haven't really got a footing yet on, um, like, I don't, I'm not secure at all at what my finances will look like a okay. year or two feet from now. And a lot of people, a lot of us are like that, especially if you're just, you know, rebuilding from having a mental breakdown in that, in mm-hmm. that sense. Um, what are like two or three key points, I guess, as far as saving? Cause I have a lot of anxiety even for saving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get a lot of anxiety about paying my bills, which bill I should pay. Should I pay all my bills and have no money? You know, like, so what, you know what I mean? What, um, do you think are some key points for people like us to keep in mind when we're moving forward and trying to rebuild? Well, start simple. I would start with automation, right? So mm-hmm. start to look at your process and automate some of it. So if it's, if it's savings that you want to accomplish, there's a, an app called digit that will okay. automatically save money for you. Oh, okay. So what I like, because I, I give this to all of my friends who are like, oh, anxiety around that. I'm like, okay, well, Digit is this app that studies your movements. <laughs> and that helps for people with anxiety. Yes, that studies your movement with your, with your, um, with your, um, <laughs> with your, um, what is it? Uh, your, your checking account. So you link your checking account. Okay. Whatever your, your main checking account is. And Digit says, hmm, Latoya tends to leave $35 sitting in here. I'm going to transfer two of it. Okay. Every time, every time she has a 30, and, and the thing is they'll look, Digit can look in and see she's got rent coming out soon. She's got um, an Amazon payment and it will, it will look at all those things and say, we're not going to take $2 this time. Cause although she has 35, she's got $25 worth of things coming out soon. Do you think that that kind of relieves a little bit of anxiety? Yes, because okay. it does it for you. And literally every day, Digit sends you a text saying, hey, girl. And it's like their fun text. Hey, Tiff, you have 20 dollars saved. You're like, okay, okay. You didn't have to do no transfers. You didn't have to do anything. It literally is looking. And let's just say you're really nervous, right, with Digit. What I love is I can literally say, Digit, never take any money if I don't have at least $100 in my bank account. Oh, okay. So you can do all those things. You could be like, oh, you can be like, Digit, um, pause for six months. Cause you take it a little bit too much. So Digit right. really tries its best to navigate like, you know, what you have. And let's just say they overdraft you by mistake, they give you that money back. Mm, so that's okay. what I like about it. So I typically tell people, if you just like, if you just sign up, you know, Digit will kind of do the, the, um, the work for you. But if you're nervous, you can literally like you, the Digit has, you could type in like a rule. It texts you, you could text back like, you know, like, um, something like, I think you type in rules and it was like, you know, what's the rule or okay. balls and it'll say, you know, like my, if I don't have at least a hundred dollars, don't take no money. So this is an anxiety friendly mm-hmm. app. It is very, and there's a, a similar one called, um, capital. So it's capital, okay. but instead of a C, it's a Q. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a great way to start saving without thinking about it. So I would okay. start, that's a, a nice little baby step. Start yeah. there. Right. Yep. Um, but I would also like, you could do some of this today. Like I said, have a separate checking account for your bills mm-hmm. because this will help too, because like I said, automation, we're all going to start with automation. So you have your regular checking account 
where it's attached to your debit card. That's where your money lands right now. I like to call that my deposit slash spending account. Mm-hmm. Right. So all the money that you make lands in that account. And then every two weeks or every week or whenever you get paid, let's just say you're, you know, you're a freelancer. You might just say, you know what, I'm going to set aside half the check every time I get paid into my bills account. Yeah. Then you can either automate your bill payments. If you know that you have, like, let's just say, you know, your bills are $3,000 a month and you know that you're able to put 1500 per pay period into, into your bills account. But if mm-hmm. you're someone who is like, mm, we are a little short some months, what you can and then instead of automating the payments out of your bills account you tell yourself every other saturday so you put it on your phone every other saturday i'm gonna sit and and then pay the bills out so you can literally sit like you know almost every bank has this kind of online bill pay send money to sprint send money here like you can send money out of your bills account yeah places so that's only it's it's best if you could automate it but if there were times when i couldn't automate it because i couldn't guarantee money was gonna be there Mm mm-hmm you know, um, so, so doing that is going to be super helpful. And like I said, opening up an online only savings account, that's going to help tremendously because when you can separate your money where you can kind of like have money here, have money here. And the only money that you're really dealing with is really your spending money that's left on that, 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 that checking account that's attached to your debit card. Yeah. And you know, every time you swipe, you know, I know I'm not swiping bills. I know right. I'm not savings. It's a good feeling to know like, dang, I got five hours left, but guess what? Everything bill else is paid. Bill money put up, savings put up. So five dollars left means like, well, peanut butter and jelly it is, but mm-hmm. bills are paid, saving is saved. Mm-hmm. So like having that online only savings account, like I like Ally Bank, and then you can make a transfer either. So t- typically I tell people to go, like there's a, a website called magnifymoney.com. So you can, mm-hmm. you can look at the other banks that are out there to see who's going to get the best interest rate. Um, but like I said, currently I use Ally. And, um, mm-hmm. and so when I'm, when I'm transferring, I have Ally pull the money because Ally doesn't charge a transfer fee. Whereas like Wells Fargo, my other bank mm-hmm. does charge a fee to send to Ally. So the bigger banks are always charging fees. So you usually want to, usually want to make the transfer on the, on the online bank side. Mm-hmm. And then, so like it, it, I remember one time I was automating $2.50 transfers and savings just to start something like $2.50 yeah. every two weeks. Yeah. And then it became five and then it became 10, then it became a hundred. So start small and start adding, you know, you might tell yourself, okay, every three months. And I love my phone. Like if you don't have, um, get yourself a Gmail account and get yourself a Google calendar or mm-hmm. Outlook or whatever calendar you use. But I like Google calendar because I could put things on there. Like time to increase your savings to $5 every two weeks. Right. Time to increase your savings. So here's the thing I, I learned too, is that leaning in when you're feeling good. Oh, yeah. So yeah. when you're feeling good, you're like, you know what? I'm in a good space. I'm feeling good. Well, that is the time to set up the Ally account or go to Magnify Money and find whatever bank. That is the time to open up your bills account. That is the time. Do those things when you're feeling good. So when you're not, because there are times where I'm not feeling good. And so my finances be like, but I don't have to worry about that. Because guess what? My bill money transfers automatically. Yeah. My bills pay themselves automatically. Like bills are getting paid regardless. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah. then when the and then when the funk lifts and I'm back at it, I'm like, ooh, okay, the next three steps. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? So leaning mm-hmm. in when you're feeling good, try to get as much done and be as productive as you can about mm-hmm. setting up systems for yourself. So the systems will help you during those bad times emotionally. Because mm-hmm. the systems work whether you're feeling bad or good. Yeah. That's really yeah, going to help. The systems have saved my life because I you know, no, even when I'm not in a good space, my finances are neutral. They don't care whether I'm in a good or a bad space. They do what I told them to do two years ago. Exactly. And you've prepared for mm-hmm. those moments because we're always going to have ups and downs. Always. No, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like you've got a great 
love life, you know, everything, the things are going to happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the, the weather. The episode might happen again. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. At least it could be prepared. the weather. Yeah. It, it rains three days straight. There's no sunshine. That affects you. I don't care how strong you are. Not having any sunshine for a while or being inside too much, yeah. it's going to affect you. Maybe you haven't taken a walk. Maybe you have, maybe you got to an argument with your sister. Those mm-hmm. things affect you. Even and death so, and coping and grief. Yes, yes. exactly. Especially that. Oh, yes. So you have to acknowledge that those things are going to happen no matter how good you are, you know? So instead, you have to kind of like, um, you have to shore against that by creating automated systems in your life. Okay. I think that is great advice um, because, and it seems so simple, but you know, we don't be knowing. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. You're right. Like we just don't be knowing. And I think, cause I, I'm scared to save and that's my own anxiety. So mm-hmm. I leave everything in the checking account, which is clearly dumb because I'm always on, I'm like buying food. I'm buying Uber Eats. I'm, I'm doing telling it. you, get that. That's what I always touch it. Cause my friend Cabral was a terrible saver. <laughs> he was like, bitch, I got $500 in my digital account. Really? He was like, oh. he couldn't <laughs> leave it because he didn't have to do anything. Because in one of his leaning moments, he signed up for digital quickly. And then that was it. And the thing is, I'd be liking to see the big numbers in my check-in. So I'd be like, ooh, that's yeah. I'm not going to judge a girl because that's me and my saving earning 2%. Meanwhile, I can invest in the stock market and earn 8 10 12%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you geeked about the 2%? Okay. I'm like, and I know better. Like you said, I know better. But I'd be like, ooh, big money, big money, big money. It's not that's really right. That's right. That's right. I'd be like... I'll be like, you know what? Like, I'll be so excited. Like, oh, look at this money. So I don't want to let it go. But you definitely need to mm-hmm. let it go and um, do that. So I definitely, um, I'm going to take your advice. I hope the listeners will take your advice yeah. in that. So can you talk to us a little bit about the Live Richer Academy and mm-hmm. what that's all about and how that can benefit the listeners if they want to, to do it? Yeah, so I... Mm-hmm. You know, after, like, I have these free resources via the Live Richer Challenge, and it's mm-hmm. the, the, we have different editions. We have the fundamentals, savings, credit, net worth, and the um, home buying edition. And, and for 2020, I'm, I'm doing an investment edition. Mm-hmm. And they're totally free. So these are, what it, it's good for basic knowledge and understanding, because I believe basic financial education should be free. Mm-hmm. So that's at livericherchallenge.com. If you're like, I need some basic knowledge. Mm-hmm. But when you are, when you feel good in your basic knowledge and you're ready to level up. So now I have a net worth of seven figures. Mm-hmm. This is within the last, I want to say two or three years because I started employing folks to help me invest deeper. Well, yeah. Tiffany, wait a minute. I got to stop you right there. It, um, <laughs> it, in a matter of two years, you went to a seven figure. Is that well, what you remember? Mean? I started my business. Well, I, and I don't know if I mentioned, but I started my business really like 2010. I started taking it seriously. Okay. And so it took like, I don't know, five years before I make any, any kind of real money. So maybe okay. 2005 or yeah, it, it started making maybe six figures a year. Now oh the business, not me as Tiffany, but the business, you know, 2015, 2015, I'm sorry. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Okay. So it started making probably like six figures, meaning like the business maybe made like a hundred thousand, but when it was all said and done, I took home 50. Oh my God. So you got to pay taxes and you had to pay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, okay. So, so then it started to like, really, I would say 2017, maybe late 2016 is when it started to really take a shift and started to elevate and grow. Wow. And now, um, so, but it took a lot of work, you know, and I'm so sure. now, 
the business, you know, makes multi seven figures. And then, you know, it was able to pay me. And I'm, I'm like such a hoarder and a saver. And I bought property and I invested a little bit. And, um, and so now I've got a net worth, not seven figures in the bank account, but collectively my assets. Yes. I don't have any debt whatsoever. I have two homes, no debt pay for those in cash. Um, I have cash in the bank, of course. I've got um, a real um, investments as far as like um, stocks. And then I've got my, my um, retirement account. And so collectively, because I have no debt, all of my assets equals um, just low seven figures, like just above a million dollars. Honey, like, seven figures is seven figures. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. And it is no small feat that you have done it in such a short span of time. And it was only because of help, honestly. Because and what God. I learned, <laughs> yes, and God. Yeah, well, help, exactly. Because I pray for it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The thing of what I, and the best thing to always pray for is wisdom and knowledge. Because mm -hmm. praying for something itself, anything can be lost. Knowledge is yours forever to keep. Mm -hmm. that is a gift that just keeps on giving. And so I, I, I had, I had prayed for knowledge because I didn't know how to do things on my own. And so I had a real estate coach, investment coach, um, even like I was good with my credit, but at one point I got stuck. Cause I was like, I was still in the 700. I couldn't get past it. A credit coach. I have two lawyers. I have an accountant, a CFO, a bookkeeper, all these people helped me to get from, you know, where I was to, to, um, a, 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 a Bill, um, uh, a millionaire, baby millionaire, right? That's what I call myself. Speak that billion into Right, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, but I thought to myself, I, I feel comfortable doing it for myself, but I didn't feel comfortable teaching those things because it wasn't my specialty, like yeah. the basics. So I said, you know what? Why do I have to teach it? Why did I get those same people that helped me elevate? And why don't I put them in this online school and let them teach the classes? Mm -hmm. And they said, yes. And here's the thing. My, just for, for one, and this is like the homie hookup, just for one um, uh, contract for my lawyer, $2,500. Wow. My publicist is $3,000 a month for the business. My, um, my accountant is about $6,000 for the year. My, so these people cost money. Yep. And so when I, when I asked them to come teach in the academy, I really wanted them to focus on us, especially women and largely women of color. And I said, honestly, there's, if I have to pay you, it's going to make the price astronomical over a hundred dollars a month and i'm like i just don't think not that we don't have it but it would I, my big thing is access providing access to financial tools and resources for success mm -hmm. and there wasn't an alignment with being able to provide access so every single one of the instructors said no sis i want to get back to my community yeah and this is my way of doing so so they teach in the academy for free and as a result we've been able to keep the price to 29.99 a month so really 70% off of, of, of similar online schools. And so I'm just really like proud of that. And, um, and so if you want to learn more about the Live Richer Academy, you can go to joinlra.com. And um, yeah, it's all of those people that helped me and some even more. There's people in there now. Like I remember I, um, the people, because what I love about the, um, I call them dream builders. That's the academy mm -hmm. members. Mm -hmm. What I love about them is that they'll tell me like, oh, sis, we need a class about cryptocurrency. This one, Bitcoin was big. Yeah. It took me like a week. I interviewed like seven different people. I was like, no, no, no. I found this woman, Cassandra. She was amazing. Came and taught her behind off. She really? killed it. Yeah. And I just love that. Like, cause someone will say, oh, we need a class about, and I'm like, oh, and like, if I don't have a personal connection, oh, please. So then what I'll do is I'm a part of a lot of financial groups. I'll post, I'm looking for, uh, for an edge at someone like that. I will vet them on online by looking at all their stuff first and then they'll do an interview with me mm -hmm. and then if i deem them worthy enough to speak to you and then even then they still have to volunteer their time yeah. but just because people ask to volunteer their time all the time and i'm like no because if, if i if you if like unless like i said you've helped me then i have to extra vet because you are now changing and transforming the lives of 
people inside the school, I have to make sure that you come correct. And so I'm just really like geeked about it and being able to offer for less than 30 bucks a month access to folks that, I mean, Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a it's a subscription. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so then you can go in and constantly and, and yep. take so we have a live class every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also like so any class that's been live at some point then becomes a a, a recording that that is evergreen. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are there are downloadables, there are workbooks, all of this comes included. And what I what I love is that I've asked all the instructors because sometimes the instructors themselves have their own like um course or like their own like a deeper dive or maybe their own books or whatever and every single instructor gives us a discount to their so let's just say yeah, instructor I've had instructors who are like yes who are like um you know my one-on-one because we don't do one-on-ones mm-hmm. um, my one-on-one is four four hundred dollars whatever and they're like but for dream builders i do it for 250 you're like what mm-hmm. and you go to their website and you're like it really is four hundred dollars so Really in every way, shape, or form. Like, I, I'm so proud of the Academy because of the access it grants, of, of, like, allowing you, like I said, the basic stuff is free for me, but, like, this next level stuff is really where you get to really learn how to, to reach financial freedom and to grow well. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And I'm sure there'll be some listeners that'll be hopping right on it because $30 really ain't much, especially for me. And I'm going to do it because that's what I'll be spending on Uber Eats. So I think that's great. Do you have any other stuff that's coming out? I know you have the book that you're still selling on online mm-hmm. and it's the, the budgetista.com. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, my books are on at, at the mm-hmm. Um, but, um, um, I'm actually coming out with a children's book, my first children's book. Oh, really? Yes. I'm super Is excited. Is it about money? Um, it's about what I call pre-financial education. Mm-hmm. So things that little ones, so it's for, for, um, kindergarten. So three to six, so kindergarten really through, ki- um, well, preschool through like kindergarten, a little bit of first grade. Oh my God. Um, and so like lessons like community, giving donate so like the ba- you know what i mean so things yeah, that you can, the that foundation are, yes that are mm-hmm. age appropriate for kids so like the first book the little girl is so adorable her name is molly mm-hmm. and m-a-l-i because you're gonna get the african country name yes right yeah. <laughs> i said it was like oh molly it's like oh you thought Ma. <laughs> <laughs> okay um and so what i love so molly's just a little girl she's seven years old and she's learning and navigating through life and as she makes mistakes, you know, she, she's, she's gently corrected and you get to learn, like your child gets to learn. And if you as a parent don't know how to introduce these lessons to kids, it's great because at the back there are lesson plans and there are, there are extending questions. So the first book is called Happy Birthday, Molly Moore. Mm-hmm. And in it, it's Molly's birthday. She's super excited. And she starts to get gifts. And if she quickly goes from being excited about family and friends to being excited about them gifts. <laughs> Right, because you know how it is, right? You're like, oh, stuff, 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 right? Real life, real yes. life. And so you see Molly go from like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cute. What y'all bring me? You know, right. this is cute little. It's a writing book. It's this cute little line that goes, um, each time a new guest comes to the door, more says Molly, more, more, more. Mm. And so she quickly realizes that the the room fills up with presents, and then everyone kind of goes outside because there's no place for anyone to sit. They go outside to spend time with their family and friends. When it's time to blow out her candle. She's in the room realizing anybody in here. Ain't nobody there. Yeah, and she starts to realize like, what does more really mean? Child, this ain't this ain't even a this is an adult story too. It's gonna be adults that's it's gonna, gonna be, it's gonna be really, really in that field. Like, oh, she's trying to read me. Uh-huh. Like, like, yes, sis, I'm talking to you. Right? 
So it's a great little book. And the little girl, I really wanted to also have books that look like us. She's chocolate brown. Oh, I love it. Bro, with a little pro, just like I had when I was her age. Yes. Her brother's peanut butter co- complexion. Mm-hmm. You get to just see. It's just a. It's a book that teaches beyond just the obvious lessons mm-hmm. because you see, because you know the the diaspora is all different colors. So you get to see as her family comes in how 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 African American comes in all these different colors. You know, so you can that too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm just really proud of it. So I can't, I'm I'm wanting it to be a series. Well, I'm claiming, God has already told me that Molly Moore is going to be huge. It's the next door of the Explorer. Yes. Might be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, but the promise has been given. It's just my job to do the work. And so that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, so, but yeah, she just, I just feel really strongly about her. And I know that's going to help to transform lives because when I taught preschool, when kids were struggling with things, like emotionally struggling with something, Mm -hmm. one of the, one of the best things I did was to read them a book that showed the solution to their problem. So they could like kind of disassociate their problem with them and see it in someone else Mm -hmm. and then solve it in the little mouse in the book or the little duck in the book. Like, you know, well, it's, you know, well, that's why he doesn't have any friends because he won't share. I'm like, you don't say. <laughs> he won't what? He won't share? Man, let's keep reading. You know, the kids are like, oh, oh. We're like, oh. They related to real life. And they're like, oh, I don't share. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> but that is amazing. Yeah, I'm just excited about that. I'm just excited about, like, continuing to, to give and serve and, and, and teach. And everybody can find all this information on the budget. The budget mm-hmm. Everything is listed there. Live Richer Academy. You can mm-hmm. get information there too. Yeah, everything. Well. The challenges are there. Um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. the budget Nista at the budget Nista. And it, yeah. you always have great content. So I'm going to start, I'm starting to ask guests these questions at the end, just to make okay. it real fun. Um, it's probably not real fun, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So let me see. Let me get to these questions. Let me see what I'm going to ask you. Okay. Um, do you have an uh, embarrassing or the most embarrassing or funny moment that you can remember? Most embarrassing or That funny you would share with the world? Um, I'm trying to think. Embarrassing or funny moment. I mean, I'm somebody who trips all the time. So I have definitely tripped at different occasions. Oh, I know. Well, I don't know if this is like the, the most, but I remember I was like... So before I got married, I was dating this guy, like when I was like young, 21, 22, but I had the biggest crush. I said, yes. So he was like, he was picking me up to go on a date. I said, whoo. So like I had the screen door locked. Uh-huh. So, you know, so I was like, get ready. Had my heels on. So he rings the doorbell. I run like, oh, hey, boom. On the floor. Girl, akimbo. Akimbo. So I was on the floor, leg twisted, ankle twisted. He couldn't even come in because the screen door was locked. So he's trying to open it. I'm like, ah. Uh. That is embarrassing. Did you still go on a date? Yes, I did, girl. He was fine. Oh, <laughs> but he was so sweet about it. So I get up and lift. I'm like, it's fine. He's like, no, maybe we should stop. I'm like, no. My ankle was rocking. Okay. I was like, all night. All night. We going on this thing. <laughs> everything. Like, I'm good. But it was so embarrassing. But so, yeah. So, I'm one who, I, I'm a tripper. I'm a, I'm someone who falls. You always over. falling. Yeah. So, I was just like, well, you know. That's me too. Yeah, so, so, and then what is your, what should, you have a favorite cuss word? Um. Are you a cursor? Not a big cursor. But like, I probably like, um, maybe shit. But I feel like. No, no, probably bitch. I'm like bitch, bitch. But, like we're so like bitch. Let me tell you, right? But wait, I, how you how you say it again? Bitch, <laughs> bitch. Let me tell you. I remember because I was telling my sister because, like I told you, I was doing Weight Watchers, and so 
I sent a picture of this dress I had worn around to because my me and uh-huh. my sisters and my, my best friend are in this group chat. And mm-hmm. so I posted a picture. They were like, oh, you look snatched. I said, a bitch is back. <laughs> oh, so I said, like, yeah, that's probably my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, if you weren't doing the budgetista, what would you be doing? I would be a school teacher. Still, you would be mm-hmm. a school teacher. Yep, so I love that. Love, love the kids, kids like that. I love the kids. Yep, the parents get on my nerves, but I love the kids. <laughs> that's what everybody say they always want to fight the parents i'll be wanting to fight the kids and the parents child. no when they're little like that oh my god it's like it's you you leave it you leave it like me when you see him every day Miss Tiffany, don't leave me i love you can i go with you it's like the Aww. biggest they're so sweet and so miss tiffany they ask every question you got a boyfriend miss tiffany you wore that belt yesterday miss tiffany you look pretty miss tiffany where you go miss T- and so it's just this like love fest and it's mm-hmm. and then just knowing that I've done something here. Jaheem knows how to read, write, add, subtract, and knows his numbers. He's going to go on, and that's a legacy I built into him, mm-hmm. that when he goes on with his family, his friends, like, these, this is something that's going to always stay with him. So there's also this sense of, like, I get to live on forever through the children that I've taught. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Okay, so last one. When you arrive to heaven, because you mm-hmm. will be there. Okay. <laughs> Come on, we well, uh, no. <laughs> You're not going downstairs, though. <laughs> we are going up to yonder, all of us. Um, so when you arrive to heaven, what would you like to hear God say at them pearly gates, child? I would love for him to say, well done. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because, you know, I really try to live my life with intention and integrity and kindness. I don't always make it, you know, bitch can be petty sometimes. Right. Um, but, you know, just human. And so, but I would, I would love to just know that, that what I did do was, was, was at least a little bit of what God wanted of me. And so I would love to hear well done. Nice. Ooh, child. Ooh, Chile. That was so good, wasn't it, y'all? I hope y'all were taking your notes and and just listening carefully because Tiffany knows what she's talking about and she's helped thousands of people out there and I know she can help you if this is your first time listening to her. So don't forget to head over to The Budget Nista at Instagram or TheBudgetNista.com and join up for that Literature Academy, y'all. And you know I always like to leave y'all with some affirmations and what better way to do it today than do some affirmations that inspire financial freedom. So here we go. You are a money magnet. You are a money magnet. I deserve to be paid for my skills, time, and knowledge. I deserve to be paid for my skills, time, and knowledge. I am financially free. I am financially free. My income exceeds my expenses. My income exceeds my expenses. Every dollar I spend and donate comes back to me multiplied. Every dollar I spend and donate comes back to me multiplied. I give myself permission to prosper and grow. I give myself permission to prosper and grow. I am worthy of all the riches I desire. I am worthy of all the riches I desire. I have the power to create the success and build the wealth I desire. I have the power to create the success and build the wealth 
that I desire. So guys, we got to clean it up. We got to clean up our credit. We got to clean up our finances. And if you're already clean, good for you. But for those who are in the road to recovery in all things, mental health and finances, we are out here rooting for each other. And we are on the road to building success and building wealth. Everything that you desire is coming to you. I ain't going to hold y'all. ain't going to let y'all hold me. Bye.